Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and today I have a very early, completely spoiler-free review of Transformers The Rise of the Beasts. Yes, I have seen The Beasts Rise, and I'm here to talk a little bit about what I saw, some of my impressions, and kind of some of the vibe that I got from uh, some of the folks that I saw the movie with. So, uh, first of all, as I said, this is uh, completely spoiler-free. The movie doesn't come out till uh, Friday, but I thought since I had the opportunity to see it on Monday night that um, that I just, I, in my excitement, I wanted to get something out there for you. So that's that's what this is. Um, I do also want to give you a heads up that we will be doing a more comprehensive discussion of Transformers Rise of the Beasts, including uh, some special guests, including organizers from Cybefest Northwest. Uh, that will be uh, coming up first part of next week, possibly Monday as a live stream, but stay tuned for uh, specific details on that. And that's actually where I kind of want to uh, start the story. Um, uh, got the opportunity to see an advanced screening, courtesy of our friend uh, at Cybefest Northwest in partnership with Allied Global Marketing. So shout out to all those folks. And as a quick reminder, Cybefest Northwest is coming up on Saturday, July 8th, 2023. And if you have not checked out the Cybefest Northwest socials, we made a huge announcement very recently. We have announced our special guest. It will be voice actor Paul Eiding. He is best known as the voice of Perceptor, as well as the voice of Colonel Roy Campbell, from Metal Gear Solid. Um, so we're really excited to have Paul uh, come up as our uh, special featured guest. I've I've met Mr. Eiding uh, at, a, at a TFCon, and he is a delight, and I'm really glad that he's able to come join us in Seattle. But we'll, we'll talk more about Cybefest in, uh, in the upcoming episode next week. Um, so starting off, though, it, it was kind of interesting. So, you know, we, we held a contest, you know, Sidefest, uh, for folks to win um, um, tickets to the advanced screening as well as a prize pack. So when I rolled up, uh, had, uh, had dinner with a buddy of mine, uh, uh Monka Spanka from, uh, from Autopod Decepticast fandom. Um, I, I still don't know how much he, he wants me to, to, to dox him or drop a time that I was there with him. But anyway, um, we were having dinner and we saw that two lines were forming uh, one was for Transformers, and then another significantly longer line that, that grew larger as it went. Apparently, they were doing a preview screening of The Flash uh, the same night at the same theater. Now, I am seeing an advanced screening of The Flash on Wednesday. Um, I Depending upon how I feel about it, I don't know if I'm going to do another one of these style episodes about it. That is a movie that I certainly have feelings about its existence but i don't want to get us bogged down but it seems that folks are excited uh for for that flash movie and to see that uh um uh that that person run real fast um but uh i i will give you a little bit of insider industry knowledge those early 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 preview screenings um have either parts of the ending obscured blurred out or completely excises 
the ending entirely. Like I was invited to a early word of mouth screening, which is basically like see part of the movie and then spread the word about what you saw. Um, but the rep gave me heads up and said, yeah, this, uh, this is missing the last 20 minutes of the movie, including the end. And I'm like, you know what? No, thanks. I think I'll just check out the regular degular press screening for uh, for media folks. But it was fascinating to see that large of a line. The lineup for Transformers was pretty long as well, and it ended up being a packed house, rowdy crowd, and eclectic crowd because it included uh, media folks, press, uh, friends and family, and contest winners of Cybefest, as well as some just regular movie-going civilians. So it was, it was a, a, a pretty mixed crowd. Um, but the, the first question that folks have asked me when I started posting about seeing Transformers Rise of the Beast earlier, and it's a very simple question, is it any good? And... To give an evasive answer to that, actually, no, no, I have an answer to that. Is that any good? My answer is, it's fun. Now, good, either subjectively or objectively, is up to you. Uh, so, so your your mileage will vary. Um, I I had a great time with it. Now, again, my experience is colored a bit by being in a rowdy, friendly crowd that was very excited at maximum hype uh, for this movie. So there, there was a lot of thrills and chills and oohs and ahs and, and a lot of um, active audience uh, interaction. Um, but on the whole, I, I found it to be a, a breezy, fun adventure. This, this brings a level of... Uh, Indiana Jones style adventure that I haven't seen in a Transformers movie for a while. So, so I I appreciated that aspect of it. Um, I I appreciate the diversity in the cast, um, not just in the uh, the live action actors, but also the voice actors as well. Um, I like that the voice performances are distinctive. You get a decent sense of who's who. Um, I also thought that this is probably the most coherent story um, in terms of like a straightforward, this is what it is. Um, this side of Bumblebee. I mean, Bumblebee is is kind of straightforward, but it also kind of has its uh, complications. Um, this, um, as uh, uh, Liz had mentioned, one of the organizers of Cybefest, uh, said it's not a super complex movie, but enjoyable nonetheless. And I completely agree with that. I think it's it's coherent, it's cohesive, it's easy to follow, and and there's enough to hang on to. So it's like it, it's not it's basic, but Basic in a good way, if that makes sense, in terms of easy to follow. Uh, one of the things that that live action Transformers movie are, are kind of known for is the cringe humor. And this has, um, it's light on its feet. It does have humor, but I thought that the humor is well-timed and that the jokes are well-deployed. There's enough to keep you chuckling, and I think it's, it is kind of in that postmodern Marvel type of mode where it, it's it's breezy, it's light on its feet, it's fun. Um, 
there's a particular sequence that could go cringe, but they acknowledge it in world in a way that that kind of sucks the cringe out of it and and makes you kind of laugh. Um, it's uh, it's it's an interesting little scene that I cannot tell you about, but um, but yeah, no, I thought the jokes were well timed. As I said, uh, the cast is um is terrific. Um, I I really. Uh, liked the vocal performances um but for me in this um and 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 I never thought I would live long enough to say this but Pete Davidson steals the show now I know there are those of us in in the fandom in Transformers fandom they're like well Mirage needs to be kind of like a smug F1 racer or if a Transformer is a Porsche it needs to be jazz Rise of the Beast Mirage is not any of those characters. And I think it's better for it because I I like this character a lot. He really wins me over. And I know that we're kind of at peak Pete Davidson and we kind of can't get away from it. And maybe there's a part of that that actually kind of works to its advantage. But the, the things that irritate you about Pete Davidson are kind of here in this performance but it's endearing and it's it, it's I connected with the character in a way that that I I never would have expected um definitely a um high point now in terms of um who this movie is for obviously it, it's the it's the first live action representation of the Beast Wars characters. Um, obviously, it's still kind of in the somewhat Michael Bay kaleidoscope universe. It's also kind of a sequel to Bumblebee. It's um, so in terms of who is this for, which universe does this belong to? I feel for me that it splits the difference between Bumblebee and the Michael Bay movies. You know, you've seen from the trailers that it kind of has the stink of Bay on it. And and that does permeate the movie. But it is also a sequel to Bumblebee in uh in in ways. And but for me for being being a fan of this franchise and and just kind of mostly of these movies, but like I feel like it it splits the difference. Because, like, um, the movie is just over two hours, so it moves at a good clip. Again, I talked about how concise and to the point the story is. It's not without stakes. You know, there, there is plenty of spectacle. There, there's global, universal stakes. But similar to Bumblebee, it's the intimate connection between a boy and his car. It's the engine that makes it go. And again, Pete Davidson is a delight. And I think it it kind of tries to thread the needle with what they did with Bumblebee in terms of character development, but then kind of sprinkle in some of that that Michael Bay um uh, sensibilities to it. And I feel like in some ways it's it's kind of better for it because one of the criticisms of Bumblebee is that while it is intimate character moments it's um it's also kind of small i think it's better for being delightfully small but as i said that this this movie kind of uh tries to uh uh split the difference 
Now, in terms of uh, the characterization, um, there are things that fans might have problems with. There are things that I might have problems with. There are characterizations that kind of evoke uh, the comic book characters. And in, in, in interesting ways. Sometimes in puzzling ways, sometimes in frustrating ways. But th- it, it seems to me that the writers or director or um, whoever was involved in this production has at least cracked an IDW comic because there is some of that sensibility in the characterization as well. Uh, but one of the things that, that my, uh, my buddy Garrett had said is that he uh, appreciated that the char- that you could comprehend the conversations between the characters. The, the vocal presentations are very clean. So, th- so there is some uh, obviously some vocal processing to make them sound like robots. But again, the voices are distinctive enough that you know who is talking to who and that you can uh, comprehend um, uh, what, what is being said. Um, and also... The between the character design and the direction of the action, similar to Bumblebee, you know who is on screen. So it's like, you know, the the yellow robot is fighting with the purple car. That that kind of thing. So there 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 are specific uh, visual cues to where you know who is which. Um, Garrett had said, I can see where the arms were coming from and how things fit together. The transformations in the in this movie are pretty spectacular. And the visual effects are overall pretty good. It does, in my opinion, kind of lose a little bit of like the, the golly gee, gee whiz um, aspect of like specifically Transformers 2007. Um, it's, um, but it's not as numbing as perhaps the latter Michael Bay movies. Again, um, it it splits the difference. Um, uh, Garrett also really enjoyed, uh, the Noah character, the lead human character. He says it's the best human character of any of the films and his chemistry with Mirage was better than Bumblebee and insert human here. So including his dynamic with Charlie, including his, his dynamic with Spike, um, that, that dynamic really clicked with, uh, uh, with my buddy, uh, my buddy Garrett there. Um, but again, it, it, we, we had such a great time. It was a blast. It's a fun movie. It's uh, visually interesting without being visually loud. It's not. It's not an assault on your senses like some of the latter um, uh, Michael Bay movies. It, it's fun. It's breezy. It's delightfully uncomplicated and easy to follow. Um, as I said, there, 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 there's no shortage of spectacle, but there are also um, uh, plenty of character beats as well. Um, I also got to say, like, there um, there are plenty of Easter eggs. There are a lot of references. And for my taste, for my observation, there's some real, real deep cuts references, like super deep cuts. Um, like, if you think you know the Easter eggs and references from watching the trailers, I promise you there are most certainly some surprises there 
uh, for you and so, and some really cool stuff. I, I kind of like shifted in my seat a few times. I'm like, no way. We're that's that that's that's really cool that that got tossed in there. So, you know, to to kind of kind of wrap this up, because I, I, I do kind of want to go relatively uh, short here because this is just like, a you know, just just a little bit of a taste. But I want to talk about who is this movie for? Um, is it a sequel? Is it a reboot prequel? Well, it is explicitly a sequel to Bumblebee. I cannot speak to whether it still lines up as a prequel to the Michael Bay movies. It's aggressively unclear. Um, is it is it a reboot? For my perspective, I really don't think so. But I do find it interesting, though, that um, I think... Yeah, it, it, so it's not a reboot, and let me tell you why. I feel that Bumblebee is almost kind of a better reboot because I think it is more approachable and kind of a better entry point where you're spending so much time with Bumblebee and his uh, time on Earth and being a fish out of water. This isn't that. This is, you know, we had asked for a movie being the first uh, five minutes of Bumblebee where it's just on Cybertron. This is the closest to that with the Beast characters because this movie just hits the ground running, throws you in face first, and while I'm sure a lot of us will appreciate that, there is an aspect of it that that makes it a little less approachable than Bumblebee. Um, it does make it uh, visually exciting. You know, it kind of reminds me of, say, like, I don't know, contemporary Spider-Man movies where it's like, he's just Spider-Man, let's go. Um, or even like the Batman, he's just Batman. Let's, let's just do this. So, um, I feel like the, the movie is approachable enough for casual fans, but I also feel that it might be a little too deep in the weeds for casuals to grasp onto because you're asked to absorb a lot of information very quickly, but in a weird way, it almost reminds me of Transformers the movie, 1986, where you're just thrown in face first and you got to get your feet under you as you go. So there is an aspect of me that kind of likes that. This, in in weird ways that I think I can explain later in greater detail, does in in some aspects remind me of Transformers the movie in terms of like how fast it moves and how much it does not hold your hand for for good or ill. As I said, you know, just kind of like your your mileage will um, vary. So is this better than Bumblebee? I don't think so. Is it better than some of the Michael Bay movies? I certainly think so. At two hours, it is certainly shorter and more concise and more coherent, which I do um, uh, appreciate. Um, for me, currently, it ranks pretty high. I think if I were to rank the live-action movies right now, like fresh from seeing Rise of the Beast, I'm going to go Transformers 2007, Bumblebee 2018, Rise of the Beast 2023, Sharp Cliff, Dark of the Moon, then like a deep, deep cliff, 
like almost like a like a big rock slide, almost like the the dam that 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 Vin Diesel is driving down at the end of Fast Ten. Your seat belts, um, and then we get a um, what the hell? Uh, oh, you got a got an Age of Extinction. I didn't see the last night, so I'll put that after Age of Extinction, and then another steep cliff, and then I go Revenge of the Fallen again. I hate that movie. So, um, so those those are kind of my rankings as it is right now, fresh from Rise of the Beast. I like it, but it doesn't it doesn't um, smash through the ceiling, and a lot of that is because I don't have that much tether or affection uh, or connection to the Beast characters. Is this a great representation of the Beast characters? I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like this is how G1ers feel about the Bay movies in terms of like that actual G1 representation. So this is the Beast characters through the kaleidoscope of kind of a almost Bay, but not quite, not quite Bumblebee, Travis Knight uh, kaleidoscope where the it's it's the Beast Wars characters in live action, but I am glad to see them. The characters look cool. The transformations are cool. The action sequences are terrific. Um, I wish I had seen less of the trailers, um, but it's a it, it's still it's still fun and breezy, and you'll have a great time with it. I also want to let you know that um, uh, well, actually, um, uh, the soundtrack. Very briefly, um, I think it is. As much a, you know how we see movies taking place in the 80s and you get a lot of needle drops, you ju- you get just as many 90s era needle drops in this, but it, it's, it's through the lens of mid 90s hip hop and R&B, which I really appreciate because like as a teenager, I was a top 40 guy. R&B and hip hop were the top of the charts. That, that was, that was what you know, us, uh, suburban white kids were into. So when, when, um, when a particular needle drop comes at a climactic scene in the movie, it hits as hard as anything in the guardians of the galaxy movie. Like I actually cheered for it, uh, because I thought it was, it, it was a perfect, um, uh, convergence of scene with song. Um, and, th- and there's lots of other uh, little references, some deep cuts, some shallow cuts, and some very surface top 40 stuff. It's very well-rounded. It's a, it's a terrific soundtrack. Uh, there's, a, there's a playlist out on Spotify called, called Rise of the Beats um, that, that are really cool, and it will kind of get you hyped for, uh, for this movie. So, um, and to me, that, that kind of goes in with the theme of the diversity and representation both in the cast and the story and the characters. And it's, um, um, uh, there, there was a, a friend in our group that's a New Yorker and, uh, there, there's a character in the movie that hails from Boston. There's one thing that kind of, kind of struck him funny, but there's a bunch of other references that do kind of hit. So I'll be interested to hear from my New York, New Jersey friends about how some of those references landed or how they spectacularly splashed because being a guy that's lived in Seattle his entire life, there's no frame of reference for me. Um, last thing, um, I do want to let you know that there are a couple post-credit scenes, but they come early. In our screening, it's so funny. It's like, do you even Marvel, bro? 
the the movie ends and it's like smash cut to a card, you know, directed by I don't I don't have the director's name in front of me, but it's that card and it and it goes through some other Marvel esque um, uh, um, slates and title cards and people started getting up and leaving. The house lights weren't even on. It was still a dark theater. And I would say maybe like a third of the theater had cleared out before the first post credit scene started. And it, and it happens pretty quickly. Um, so anyway, so stick around for that. There is, uh, one, um, uh, pre-post-credit scene, I guess, because it happens very quick. I mean, within, I don't know, 90 seconds of the of the movie proper ending um, that ties into uh, the plot of Rise of the Beast, so I obviously cannot spoil that. And then after that scene, there's some more titles, and then there's a second, what I guess would I would call a mid-credit scene, um, that all I can say is that you have to stick around for it. And this probably got the biggest reaction uh, in our in our screening. And keeping keeping in mind, it's press, it's media, it's fans, it's civilians. And there was there was a very audible reaction to what is revealed in this uh, the, the, this Easter egg um, uh, potential sequel setup. That that's in this post credit scene. I know I know it's already been spoiled in a lot of spaces, so I'm not going to say it here. Um, uh, but but make sure you stick around for that. But also, once the um, titles go black and you start seeing the black and white crawl of the credits, you're free to leave. There is nothing at the end of the end of the credits. We stuck around just to make sure. Um, I, I I promise you there there is. Uh, nothing there. Much to my disappointment, I will share with you what I would have liked to have seen when we get into um, uh, full spoilers. But also, though, if you are sticking around and watching the credits, uh, look for uh, the name Randall Ng. He, uh, um, you know, from uh, um, you know, NG Smooth and Energon O's and the Gangnam Style videos, he, doing a lot of 3D artwork with Unreal Engine. Anyway, he. Um, he was part of a group that also worked on the movie. He asked me to look for his name in the credits. Unfortunately, I didn't see it, probably because I was being sociable with my friends and turned my head. But you might see uh, uh, Randall Ng's uh, name in there in terms of uh, uh, participating in some of the previs uh, animation there. Um, but that's about it. That is my super early review of Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Um, is it any good? Well, it's fun. Um and, and I think that's good enough uh, for ma- for now. Let me know what you thought of the movie. And again, uh, keep an eye on my social media channels for an announcement about when we're doing that live stream with the, the Sidefest crew and potentially other guests uh, to talk about the movie more in depth after more people have had a chance to see that. That's probably going to be happening on uh, Monday. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Um, uh, hope you uh, don't get the movie spoiled for me and you have the opportunity to enjoy it. If you want to listen to more of my show, subscribe to Michael po- Michael Michael Podcast. Uh, subscribe to Mike Cybert Radio everywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, wherever. Uh, like, share, rate, and review. Let me know what you like and what you'd like to know more of um, about the show. And don't forget, SideFest Northwest is coming up on uh, July 8th. And until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and make good choices. 
and transform and roll out and and maximize. <laughs>